Hello, Tokyo. Can you hear me now? Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 1. Thank you for all the preaching that we've heard this morning. Brother Atkinson, Brother Moore, Brother Cooper, I appreciate that. Anytime somebody talks about being redeemed, it gets my attention. So I know where I ought to be this morning. I ought to be in hell without God. I'm ashamed of everything I was before Jesus saved me. And we all ought to be. I don't like to talk about it unless I'm to magnify the grace of God with it. But we all ought to be still sitting on a church pew lost without God. Some of us ought to still be on a bar stool somewhere, drunk out of our minds. But if it ever dawns on you that one day God came by and pulled us out of that mess, you're liable to say so. Amen. You're just liable to say so. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for the privilege to be here. Love you people this place. A lot I'd like to say, but let's read our text and see what God's got from the word. Second Chronicles chapter number seven, verse number one. When you find your place, say amen. amen. Bible said, now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Fathers, we bound the divine presence of sovereignty. One more time this side of eternity. Lord, I want to thank you for being good to me and my family. Thank you for this place, these people. Thank you, Lord, most of all for Calvary. Thank you, Lord, for the resurrected Savior and the saving grace of God. Thank you, Lord, as we've read in our text today how that people met together to meet with you and you showed up. Now, I pray it wouldn't be no different here today that God would continue to meet with us. And Lord, everything we do would be in the manifested presence of God. Help us to preach in your presence, pray in your presence, worship in your presence, work in your presence. Everything will be in your presence. I pray you bless the Comcord Baptist Church, their efforts to maintain old-time religion, and we give you glory, praise, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Verse number three will be our text this morning. The Bible said, when all the children of Israel saw how the, the fire came down, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement. I'm interested in that word, pavement. Somebody had to clear the gland. Somebody had to cut the trees down. And this pavement is not the kind of pavement that you and I drove on to get to the house of God this morning. It was chiseled bricks that had been stacked in a, in a proper order to make the ground smooth whereon they could pull their carts and whereon they could walk and not have to worry about potholes and ditches. Somebody paved this ground and before God ever showed up, somebody was doing a whole lot of work and somebody was doing a whole lot of digging and then when they finally got the ground paved, 
morning, God showed up. And for a little while this morning, I'd like to preach on this subject, on paving the way for the presence of God. Aren't you glad that somebody paid the price and paid the way that me and you can meet in this place today and that God can show up and that God can meet with us and that God would give us a place where God would manifest his presence for me and you. I wasn't here when they cleared the land for the Concord Baptist Church or the Faith Baptist Camp. I, I wasn't here when God put Brother Sammy Allen's uh, on his heart to do what God has done around these days. But I did show up in the late 90s uh, when God was a breather all this place uh, and God was a moving and I came up here today and God's still breathing and God's still moving. Uh, so therefore, my beloved friend, hey man, what we've got uh, is at the expense of somebody else uh, that somebody blazed the trail and somebody paved the way and young people you got it made to be able to show up in a place that God's at and be blessed by God four or five simple truths that I try to preach this morning if you'll turn back to chapter number three amen the Bible says in chapter one verse chapter three verse one then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem in Moriah where the Lord appeared unto his David his father in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite I'm interested in this particular place where this pavement is that God has showed up and if you know your Bible this morning, you know there's four men that had an experience on Mount Moriah. And all four men, that God had showed up. And before Solomon ever built a ship, and before this pavement was ever laid, there were some people that got there before Solomon ever did. I read to you in your hearing this morning how that Solomon built this ship in Mount Moriah. You've got Abraham in Genesis chapter number 22. He shows up in Mount Moriah. You've got David in First Chronicles chapter number 21. He's in Mount Moriah. Then you've got Solomon on Mount Moriah. And then we can go to John 19 verse 13 where they took Jesus under the place of the pavement. And we can tie Jesus and Solomon and David Amen. and Abraham onto this place called Moriah. A good neighbor, hear me and hear me well. God started something in Mount Moriah that is going to finish one day in Mount Moriah and every bit of it is paving the way for the presence of God. Now, every experience that's happened on Mount Moriah has got some few things in common. First of all, every experience you'll find uh, there was a sacrificial substitutional death uh, that took place on Mount Moriah. Amen. I think about Abraham, how that he took his only begotten son. Amen. Isaac. Amen. The only one that God recognized. Amen. And and that ram died in his place. Amen. And God uh, rescued Isaac that day. Then David sacrificed. Solomon's making and these multiple sacrifices. Then the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus died on the cross that me and you can be saved by the grace of God. But not only that, all four of these men that had an experience on Moriah, they were all four Jews. Every blessed one of them. Abraham was a starter Jew. He was the first one that got it going. Amen. David was
was the sweet Jew, the sweet psalmist of Israel, that singing Jew. Then you got Solomon, he was that smart Jew. But then we've got Jesus, he was the saving Jew. Thank God the Jew, amen, that saved me and you. If you don't like Jews, go jump in a river and suck a watermelon, amen, I don't give a rip. Thank God if it wasn't for a Jew, that mean you'd be on our way to hell up without God. Thank God for Jesus being born of a virgin. Amen. That saved us by the good grace of God now. I don't remember the text. I didn't write it down. But there is a text in the Bible that refers to a navel. Amen. And those of you that don't know what a navel is, that's a belly button from where I come from. Amen. And this nation of Israel, this land of Moriah, is the navel of the world. And it's got an umbilical cord connected from here to heaven. And everything God ever did for us, it came out of the Jews. It came out of the land of Israel. You just well say amen right there. Amen. We got our Savior from Israel. We've got our Bible from Israel. Israel, we got everything we've got. The oracles of God, the touch of God, the breath of God. God originated it in that place. And how dare we turn our back on the nation of Israel. He still says, I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And good neighbor of God. I got to get back to my, my text. I don't want to get sidetracked here this morning. Four or five things that I'll be done. Amen. Paving the way. Somebody got to pave the way we could go back to Genesis chapter number 22 and I'll not look at any of my notes I'll, I'll, I'll get bogged down there to say the least and Brother Atkinson uh, but we're taking uh, and after Abraham uh, and, uh, boy, just let me preach I'll quit when my time's up alright Abraham takes his son did what God told him to do amen takes a three day trip if you count them days you'll do like I did you'll only come up with two days and three uh, two nights and three days hey, but that th first night that uh, was when God came to Abraham and told him, said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, into a land which I will show thee of, and offer him there for a burnt sacrifice. That first night, Abraham got the orders. He didn't wait three days. He didn't wait six months. Matter of fact, the next day, Abraham gets up, and he takes his son over there, and he puts the wood on his son. Amen. Isaac carries it up to the top of the hill. Abraham's got a knife in one hand, and fire in the other hand. And great God he got him bound up and fixing to kill his boy a great dark death and offer him a burnt sacrifice by God spoke up, amen, and Abraham didn't have to do it. Now, Isaac didn't hear the first command. Isaac wasn't there when Abraham heard the word, take now thy son, but he was there when he heard, do the land no harm. He was there when God set him free. Hey, brother, I'm telling you right now, that's what we gotta do is get these children out of a place where they can hear the voice of God. Yeah, God saved me years ago, and God told me to preach, and God told me how to live and how to act and where to go to church, but I've got to get my kids to a place where they can hear the voice of God themselves. Amen. So, I mean, can you all imagine what it must have been like? Amen. When I, Abraham's got that knife raised up in the air, fixing to slit his son's throat, kill him graveyard dead, and then set him on fire. Amen. Can you imagine what it must have been like? Amen. For Isaac to hear that voice. Amen. And, and, I, and Abraham take that knife and pull it back away. Amen. And then the same knife that's fixing to kill him is the same knife that set him free. And the same God that said you're going to hell is the same God that said you're saved. 
The same Bible that condemned us is the same Bible that set us free and made us free. And then Abraham sets the bonds and turns him loose. And then the ram caught in a thicket comes up and Abraham takes that knife and slits his throat and he dies. Now if I'd have been me and I'd have been Isaac, I'd have been looking over that ram and I said, I'd have grabbed my throat and said, Daddy, was you gonna do that to me? I guarantee you Abraham would have said, yes, son, that's what I was gonna do. <laughs> Amen. Then they took the ram and put him on the, on the fire. And maybe Isaac said, Daddy, was you gonna do that to me? Well, yes, son, I guess I was. That's what God said to do. And I believe right then and there is when Abraham and Isaac did what they went to that mountain to do, and that was to worship God. Neighbor, if you ever get to the place, amen, where you see how he took our place, that should have been me and you on the cross. That ought to be in me and you in hell. But somebody that took our place and saved us by the grace of God. Now, I can only imagine what it must have been like when Abraham and Isaac got back home. Sarah said, where in the world you boys been? Amen, and hey, you been gone six days, seven days? And I can only imagine Isaac said, well, mama, you ain't gonna believe what happened. We went on a three-day camping trip. We got to this mountain. God talked to daddy. Daddy bound me up, made me carry all that wood up the top of that hill. All he had was a knife. And by the way, that fire you gave him before we left, that fire that was at the house, he took it all the way to Moriah. And neighbor, I'm telling you, that's why our churches are so dead. It's cause ain't nobody bringing Holy Ghost fire up from the house and taking it to the church like we're supposed to. That's another message in itself. But, uh, hey, man, I, oh, oh, really, son? You mean daddy took you? Yeah, but mama, here's the amazing part of that. Uh, daddy bound me up. Uh, and daddy uh, and daddy had a knife up in the air, and he was fixing to slip my throat. Now, if she'd have been from North Carolina like I am, she'd have been like most of them North Carolina women. I could see them hands getting on them hips and them eyes getting real big. You mean Abraham? You mean you had my boy up in yonder and you're just gonna kill him dead? Well, honey, that's what God said to do. I'm telling you right now, God ain't talking to you. God don't tell people to do stuff like that. Amen. But about that time, Isaac probably said this. Well, mama, you ain't gonna believe it. I heard a voice from God. I heard a voice from heaven. And God delivered me from that plane of judgment. And that day, mama, I got saved. And God delivered now don't get upset, mama. All that wood daddy made me carry up top of that hill, I didn't have to carry none of it back down the hill. Can I get an amen right there? Neighbor, you take your burdens to the Lord and you can leave it there. You walk in the church house with a load of sin on you and the gospel gets preached and you get drawn of the Holy Ghost and you repent of your sins and you put your faith in Christ. You don't have to leave out like you came in. God can take the load off. Can I get an amen? amen. Lord, but it took me all that time to get here. Father, Forgive me, there's just so much in this text. And Abraham got over and you know what he said? He got through all that and he stands up on the brow of that mountain and he looks out, and I don't know if he put his hand over his head, but, but, that, but that prophet seeing, see the old Larkin, he ain't right on everything, but he's right on this part. Old Larkin didn't talk about them mountain peaks of prophecy. Amen, them Old Testament prophets, they didn't see the church, but they got to see Calvary, and they got to see the future judgments, but they missed the church. They missed the church. That's fine with me, because God didn't miss the church. Amen, God did not miss the church. 
And brother, I tell you what old Abraham did. He said, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. And you know what Abraham had that helped pave the way for the presence of God? It was a look. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, God's going to have to give you a vision. And God's going to have to give you a look. And you're going to have to look behind yourself. And look beyond what you can do and what you can't do. And look unto Jesus. They all turn the finisher of our faith. And oh God, let it be somebody besides an older person or a middle-aged person. But some of you people that are young in here today, would you get a vision for the future? I know, you, I know some of you girls, 15 years old, you, you're an old maid because you ain't got a boyfriend. You ought to still be playing with baby dolls. Say amen right there. Well, I'm 19 and ain't married yet. So what? I'd rather be unmarried wishing I was married than to be married wishing I was single. Can I get a witness right there? Yeah, I know that. I see y'all and all that. Oh, yeah, Brother John's preaching to me. Yes, I'm preaching to you. I tell you what you ought to do. You ought to get full of the Holy Ghost and get full of God and walk with God and let God send you the right person, amen, and get a vision for the future. What kind of family you want to have? What kind of wife you want to have? What kind of children you want to have? What kind of church you want to be a part of? What kind of ministry you want to have? Get a vision! The Bible said where there is no vision, the people perish. There Abraham is. Lord, forgive me, I ate too much. Abraham got to see Calvary through the eyes of God the Father. He's the only man. He's the only man that ever got, uh, ever was required uh, to have a human sacrifice uh, other than Jesus himself. He got to look, hey, God wanted somebody on planet Earth uh, to experience what he was going to experience when his son went all the way to the cross. And by the way, Abraham had a voice. When Jesus died on the cross, there was was no voice from heaven. There was no rescue. He could have had 12 legions of angels come get him at any time. Amen. You remember, and I'm getting ahead of myself, that when God turned that angel over there on David and them at the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite, one angel in that short moment of time, I killed 70 men. Could you imagine 12 legions of them getting turned to the earth would have been annihilated, but God had mercy and God had grace and God did not send those 12 legions away. Abraham looked through the eyes of God, looked through the eyes of his own flesh, looked through the eyes of faith, looked through the eyes of the future. Abraham's got to look. Anybody got to look today? If we're gonna pave the way for the presence of God, for a future to our camp meeting, uh, we've done it, this will be our 10th year, brother Randy, and every year we've had a motto, preserving old-time religion for the future generations. I don't want a shouting granny to be something abnormal at our meetings. I don't want somebody taking a lap to scare everybody to death at our meetings. I don't want somebody preaching against sin. Hey, to be, the, be, be abnormal at our meetings. Matter of fact, I think we ought to get back to preaching against everything. And if it don't move, move it so you can preach against it. This weak and anemic generation couldn't take preaching Amen, if they had to. Amen, some of you young preachers, I love you with all my heart, but you wouldn't have made it under my generation. Brother Sammy stood us up and rebuked us. Brother Blue, if we even looked like we was getting out of line, would yank us up. Brother Atkinson loved us enough to reprove us and rebuke us. And the ones of us that made it through, why, well, here we are by the grace of God. I ain't a giving up. I ain't a quitting. I ain't giving in. Somebody get a burden. What's this thing going to be 50 years from now? We need all time. To stay alive. Can I get an amen right there? Number two, we won't even turn there this morning. 
You'll find David over there in First Chronicles chapter number 21. Amen, there he is. Amen, long story short, David messes up. Preach David it. numbers the people and David says, oh, I've sinned against God. God give him three options. And David didn't know what to do. He said, well, I'd rather fall into the hands of the Lord as I would to fall in the hands of man. And so God stays the judgment and then the, the, yeah, the, uh, the prophet said, David, you need, to, you need to start sacrificing. You need to start killing. Amen, you need to start shedding some blood and not the blood of innocent men, but of those that'll be substitute for you. And guess what David did? Uh, God had mercy on him. But David bought the land uh, from Ornan. So Abraham's got to look. And David's buying the land. And David made a statement. He said, because Ornan said, I give it all. You can have everything I got. And David said, how in the world? And I'm paraphrasing. Can I use something that didn't cost me anything? And young people, hey, man, you're living a life that didn't cost you anything right now. It didn't cost you a live for God and a walk with God. But one day when mama ain't around, and daddy ain't around, it's gonna cost you. They gonna make fun of you just like they did your daddy and just like they did your mama. But go with God, it's a price that's well worth paying. David bought the land. I'm just simply trying to say to you, if we're gonna pave the way for the presence of God, somebody's gonna have to get a look. Somebody's gonna have to buy the land. Somebody's gonna have to pay the price. Somebody's gonna have to get honest. Hey, man, and in this land, I can only imagine what it must have been like when, when, when Solomon finally got the temple built and Ornan's children and grandchildren came by the temple and they said, you know what? My daddy used to own that property. Hey man, I sure am glad Solomon got a hold of it because it looks a whole lot better than it did when daddy owned it. And if you go ahead and let God have every bit of it, he'll do with it what you couldn't do. He'll beautify what you can't. He'll glorify what you can't. He'll magnify what you can't. He'll exalt what you can't. You just as well say man right there and David bought the land. Thirdly, let's move on. We finally get to our text, Second Chronicles chapter number seven, paving the way for the presence of God. Somebody's laid this pavement down. And here they are, Brother Sutherland. God shows up and the fire falls. Before the fire ever fell, somebody had to tote the load. Amen. That's what Solomon's job was. Solomon carried the load. Amen. Now the second, now this temple did get destroyed. It was seven years in building, but the second temple was 46 years in building. Amen. You wanna know why it took them so long to build a second temple? Because they didn't have Solomon like they did on the first temple. Solomon had enough wisdom to get it done quick. He had enough help to get it done quick. I mean, he had enough heart to get it done quick. Matter of fact, in Second Chronicles chapter number two, the Bible said that Solomon determined to build a house for God. Where is the determination in the hearts of the young people we need to have today? I tell you, if you're gonna do something for God, you're gonna have to get so determined that come hell or high water, you're gonna do a work for God. Come hell or high water, you're gonna read your Bible. You're gonna pray. You're gonna be determined. I'm gonna do something for God. Be determined. You're gonna raise a family for God. Be determined that you're gonna walk with God. And when the world stands against you, you walk with God. When the family leaves, you walk with God. Be determined. Determination is missing at our youth groups today. Show me one young person under the age of 20 that's determined to pass out tracks every day of their life. Show me one young man. One young man that's determined to pray till he gets in the presence of God every day of his life. 
Show me some young people. Brother Green mentioned it last night that's been praying for years and spend time with God. He said he reads his New Testament Bible through once a month and has for over a decade. Don't raise your hand if you do. We don't want no flesh to glory in his presence. But where's the young man or the young lady that says, you know what, I want to know more about Jesus today than I did yesterday. And you know what I think? I think I'm going to read through my Bible, my New Testament Bible, once a month for a whole year just to see what it does to my Christian experience. <laughs> well, Brother Sammy Allen told us that the secret to the spirit-filled life is spending more time with God than you do anybody else. We didn't, we didn't even have to think about it. We done it, buddy. Don't, don't pat me on the back. We just done it. Amen. When they, when they made statements like this, that uh, it's yet to be seen what God could do with one man that's completely sold out to God. Hey, but we didn't even think about it. We done it. I'll never forget 1996, a month of May. I met Brother Sammy Allen. I met Brother Stenick Blue for the first time in my life, Brother Willis. Amen. And I think I met you that year for the first time in my life. And God put you men of God in my life. Brother Agnes said, I met you in the latter part of 96. And God allowed me to meet some men that walked with God. He didn't let me get hooked up with these liberal compromisers. He didn't let me get with these bunch of yellow-bellied, egg-sucking, soft in the loafer, limp-wristed, lift-spin-their-tongue kind of guys that didn't want nothing to do with God. But he let me meet some men of God that had paid the price, that had carried the load, and neighbor they let me get in the glory of God with them. Somebody paved the way and made it easy on this generation. But yet we take it for granted. Yet we, we don't even think about the price and the time and the finances of a week of meeting so short. A week of meeting, wish we had 10 weeks that we could pour into you young people. You don't even think about how God, boy, you, your daddy used to be a drunk. Just think about what it would have been if your daddy wouldn't have got saved and you'd have been born in a drunkard's home. Just think if your mom and daddy would have, I'll never forget, I forget their names. I was talking to an old timer up in the hills of North Carolina years ago, old brother Leon Herman. He, he comes to me and he, boy, he loves God. He prays just like Daniel did. He gets on, what was it, the north side or the east side? Or the way. He gets whatever side it was. He said, that's the side of my house I'm going to and I'm gonna pray just like Daniel did. I said, glory to God. He said, while I'm doing it, Brother John, I'm praying for you every day. He said, I heard you started that camp meeting over yonder on the, on, on the upward road over there on the south orchard. No, I said, yes, sir. He said, I've been praying for you. I said, thank you. He said, we need camp meetings. We need, we need. He said, I'll never forget when Camp Zion, we found out there's a Camp Zion, we went. He said, there's two people from up here that, that but they was good folk, they were saved folk. But they, you know, they said they went down to Camp Zion. He said, I seen it with my own eyes. They stayed there for a week and they came back and they never was the same. He said, it's been 50 years and they still ain't the same. Brother, I tell you, that's why we need these meetings. Amen, it's for people to come. Amen, get away. And I will, hey, can I, I've been wanting to say this. Can, can, can I challenge some of you young preacher boys on one challenge? Could you preach one message? Without saying something about Facebook, our dear brother said it here a minute ago, so I'm not proving you or rebuking you. Amen, because you was preaching against it, all right? So God bless you, even though we may have it, we're gonna pray. Can you think you could say something one time without saying what you posted or seen posted? Could you imagine Brother Sammy Allen up preaching on everything he's seen on Facebook? Now, if I killed it and grieved the Holy Spirit right there, man, something's dead wrong with y'all. Amen. 
Preaching you better hear me and hear me well, preacher boys. Don't you look at me like that. Yes, God, amen. They used to tell us, we'll twist your little head off and stick it in your back pocket. I ain't gonna be that mean to you today. But I'm gonna tell you something. You need to get full of God and filled with the spirit of God and get off this stupid Facebook long enough to hear from a land that's fairer than the day. Can I get an amen right there? I don't give a rip whether you like it or whether you don't like it. I'm gonna preach it anyhow. I tell you, this generation is so distracted. They wouldn't know the voice of God if it's a slap them in the face, we need God. Well, anyhow, for the Amen. two or three of you that's still listening. We listen. Amen. Solomon bore a load. I, I, I don't have time to labor. But then we come to Calvary, John 19, verse 13. And they took Jesus to a place of the pavement. And I cannot get dogmatic on this. I wish I could. I wish I could get dogmatic on this, Brother Willis. But I don't think we could prove biblically or even with a legitimate thought pattern that that's the same piece of property and the same piece of pavement, rather, that Jesus and Solomon were on. I said property, that was a slip of tongue, same piece of pavement. But I can dogmatically say it was the same piece of property because that city had been destroyed and rebuilt so many times, it might not have been the same pavement, but it was the same place. Amen. Come on now, just well say amen right there. So what, old Abraham's got to look and Solomon's carrying the load and David bought the lamb, but what's Jesus doing? He's shedding the love, good neighbor, amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you ever wondered whether God loved you or not, why don't you go to bloody Calvary and look at the crown of thorns piercing his brow and the nails in his hands and in his feet and the flesh beat off his back. Could you hear it with me for a little while today? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Christ loved us. He gave himself for us. He loves you. He loves me. Thank God it's good to be loved. Your daddy might forsake you. Your mama might forsake you. But God, he'll be a father to the fatherless. One more and I'm done. David. Don't worry about it. Abraham had to look. Who's got a vision for something to do for God David bought the land. Somebody going to we got a real estate agent in our midst today. How would you like to have purchased that land? <laughs> oh, man. You imagine them boys standing before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ, oh, old man? We appreciate you not rebelling about kind of, and receiving a reward for selling David the land that, that Christ was going to die on. <laughs> kind of like Joseph and Nicodemus showing up and taking the dead body of Christ off the cross. Where's John and Peter and James at for all that? They didn't want nothing to do with that. But old Joseph and Nicodemus is gonna stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ and maybe here, you know what? I appreciate you taking care of my body. Amen. Last land I'm done this morning. Jesus is coming back and guess where he's coming? Right there to that same mountain range. Amen. Gonna land on the Mount of Olives which ain't too far off. I mean, eyesight of Calvary. And the mountain's going to split. One's going to the north, one's going to the south. Amen. The Dead Sea ain't going to be dead no more. Right. There's going to be fish in the Dead Sea big enough you can catch a trout over in the Dead Sea and it'll feed your whole family for a month. I don't believe it. Well, prove me wrong, okay? <laughs> Amen. Prove, take your King James Bible and prove me wrong. It, hey, the millennial rain's coming. Y'all know that, don't you? Yeah. 
And before, before the, 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 tra the rapture of the church is gonna take place, seven year tribulation, and then he's coming back, amen, for his second coming to show up and rule and reign on this earth. And for a thousand glorious years, the lamb's gonna lay down with the line. A little boy could be walking down the street with a rattlesnake wrapped around his neck. Why anybody want to do that? And the snake won't ever even bite him. Amen. It, it'll, it'll be like Daniel was when Daniel got in the den of lions. Amen. Them, them lions couldn't bite him. Why? Because God put the presence of the millennial reign up in that die lion's den and let the old prophet experience what the future was going to be like. Amen. When the old sheep could lay down with the lion. Can I get an amen right there? He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. And he's going to lead his people. away and that's, that's what we're to be doing while Christ I don't know how, long, how much longer it's going to be don't come to me setting no date because we'll, we'll do like down here like we do up North Carolina we won't even give you a drug test we'll know you've been smoking them left handed cigarettes yeah that marijuana is your favorite friend that's what we'll think don't be going to set no dates <laughs> Some of you pot smokers didn't like it, did you? <laughs> Amen. But uh, he's coming back. And the church ought to be going out and winning as many people to God as we can so we can help pave the way. God's got the church down here right here, right now, so we can be a part of paving the way for the rapture of the church and the millennial reign. God's got his people on this earth to do that. God help us. Father, bless Brother Randy. Lord, I, I apologize to you in front of these people. My feeble attempt to, to preach this, Lord, probably tried to bring too much to the pulpit, but that's fine. I had a good time trying, Lord. I had a blast preaching today. Thank you for these people in this place. We give you glory in Jesus' name, amen.